announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Super excited to be here on another Rock Your Socks episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are in the funnest way possible sharing and telling the stories of the entrepreneurs who are pushing this incredible industry forward. Today's guest is a Purdue graduate from Chicagoland area, an entrepreneur and a current executive and managing partner at Ohana Cannabis Company, which is a vertically integrated cannabis operation out of California. He's my Bay Area home folk. I can't wait for you <laughs> to hear this story. And put your hands together and help me welcome our good friend, Mr. Andrew Ramirez. What's going on, Andrew? What's up? How you doing? I'm stoked to have you here. How's my <laughs> Bay Area doing over there? Oh, it's great. You know how it is. It's, I do. Uh, you know, a balmy, sunny and 70 degrees outside. So can't complain about that. Coming from the Midwest, do you, do you're from Chicago too, right? Yeah, well, my family's from Chicago, and I've spent enough summers there to know that that's not where I'm trying to get beat up or it up, eaten by mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it took one winter away from Chicago for me to realize how much I love California. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. I was in the I was in Chicago for like two winters. One winter, I was like still a little kid, so I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. I'm ice, I, you know, ice skating on my grandpa's like little you know, lake thing or whatever. I went back a few years later, like when you're 13 and you think you're cool and you want to do stuff and wear cute clothes <laughs> and like anything that you put on in Chicago in December makes you look like a whale. So I was just like, this is not gigging it. Like I got to go back to my California vibe. Right? Yeah. So you're in California. You're working as a managing partner for Ohana. First of all, why don't you just get quick and dirty? Give me a little background on who you are, how you ended up in cannabis and what your current role in the company is. Yeah, sure thing. So I'm from the suburbs outside of Chicago and then studied entrepreneurship and sports medicine at Purdue. And after I graduated, I just really wasn't, a nine to five just never really like vibed with me. So I partnered with a friend of mine who had a farm in Grass Valley, which is like yeah. an hour outside of, it's like in, in between like Tahoe and Sacramento. Yeah. And use that as an opportunity to learn just about the industry, about the plant and kind of get rooted into the industry. And it was about two years before legalization. So I was able to get exposed to, you know, just the developing landscape of bringing something that was previously like, you know, in the gray area as far as its legality to fully regulated you know, the way that the industry operates today. And I was fortunate enough to partner with 
my current partners at Ohana, who at the time we we played a really pivotal role in you know shaping some of the local and state level laws. So it was really exciting getting exposure to the political side of things and seeing that how that's just as important as the product that you provide for customers, whether it's you know product in a jar or the customer service that you provide to them. So it was just really an, a really interesting learning experience. And then we expanded from Sacramento to the Bay Area a little over a year ago. We opened up our second location here. And um, yeah, I mean, the Bay Area has been really good to me so far. Really love the industry. As you know, you know, every day is a new challenge. And there's so many things that are in flux and that are, you know, it's a very fluid industry. Everything's constantly changing. So it keeps you on your toes and it's a constant learning experience. Hell yeah, it is. And Ohana Cannabis Company, you guys are fully vertical. Do you have a retail center in the Bay or like, what is your, do you have a brand? Like what's the focus of your guys' business? Yeah, sure thing. So we started with retail. We saw that as a huge need. You know, there's a, there's a lot of companies that can provide really good products, right? But, and one thing that we were talking about before the interview started, there's a huge gap between, you know, what the brands provide and what the consumer as far as like consumer education goes and them knowing exactly what products match and will fit and meet their needs the most. So we saw a huge opportunity there and kind of took it and ran with it. We opened up our first retail location in Sacramento and then we have a retail store in the Bay Area as well. We're working on getting our product line into our stores, which will be developing over the next coming months as well. So just trying to create that kind of more relational type of Kind of like building a, a rapport and a relationship with our customers rather than just strictly transactional. You know, all of our locations are, are open for format so they can browse our products as long as they like. And there's a handful of consultants that are there for support to help answer their questions, you know, try and match products that meet their needs. And uh, it creates a way more immersive and interactive situation and scenario for our customers, which is something that kind of lacks with the traditional dispensary model where, you know, you stand in line for 15 minutes, then you get up to a counter and you're rushed to pick these products that you know nothing about. So kind of education and, and relationship building is something that we found a, a big opportunity in and what's kind of set us apart from a lot of the other uh, retail establishments here in the Bay and in Sacramento. Man, that's a competitive marketplace out there. And, you know, more and more it's becoming noisier and noisier, whether you're cannabis or certainly in a CBD space. I'd love to hear and talk about, you know, from a fellow entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. I didn't go to college to study any of that shit, but I have, I got street cred. <laughs> when it comes hey, to that's what really counts, honestly. You know, I mean, education <laughs> is great and I really value the degree I have, but 99% of the most valuable things that I've learned came through experience and just doing, you know, rather than, you know, learning or trying to read about it. There's some days where I'm just like, man, I wish I had, you know, some like foundational education to navigate my way through this. Cause as an entrepreneur, you just don't know what you don't know until you get there. And you're like, fuck, I don't know this. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> and you're like, you're like, I would probably be pretty good to know how to swim before I went like boating in the middle of the ocean, but it's cool. <laughs> like, we'll figure this out. But I'd love to hear from you. Like what, what are some of the key challenges about the, cannabis industry right now you know the trials the tribulations the challenges that you are up against as as a company in a exciting and new marketplace 
you know, a lot of competition, maybe no competition, but you know, there's a lot of people out there trying to do and trying to play this game right now. Some are good, some suck and are just, you know, making it by the skin of their teeth. Um, but I still, I still want to give sort of that perspective of like, what are the key challenges that we're up against as a cannabis company in today's marketplace? And I mean, first thing is compliance. You know, this, it's a really heavy regulated industry. I know a little bit about Colorado, which is kind of your bread and butter, but, you know, California is highly regulated from every step from, you know, the people growing to the testing facilities to the retail companies and distributors. Like, you know, you got to, we work really hard to play by the rules. And um, if, because we know if we don't, you know, we can lose our license and lose our opportunity at, you know, becoming a legacy brand in the industry. So first compliance. Second, which is kind of my role within the company is marketing. You know, marketing and advertising in this industry is really difficult. But what it requires you to do is taste a lot of different things and see what works and see what doesn't. And uh, we live in this world where like digital marketing is everything, right? And, you know, if you don't have a presence on social or if you don't, you know, if your SEO isn't constantly being improved upon, then you it's really easy to fall off the wayside. However, cannabis companies can't really operate like most other businesses do, right? We can't advertise on social media, which is arguably the most underpaid or underpriced form of advertising. We can't do Google ads to, to, you know, the, to some degree we can, but we really, we're really limited with our options. So it kind of teaches you to get to back to basics and build your brand through the community. You know, word of mouth is huge. Becoming a well-known and well-represented and well-respected figure in the in your local community is is paramount because we can't. While we can't do everything that other businesses that have you know more of an e-commerce-based model do, there's a lot that we can do, and it's right outside of our door, right within the community that we exist within. So it you know those two would probably be the biggest challenges. And just getting the license out, you know, getting the licenses and permits that we need to operate is, was a huge challenge too. And I don't think that a lot of people understand the time and energy and legwork that it takes to do that. But, you know, as long as you, they lay out the groundwork of what you have to do. So um, as long as you play by the rules and, you know, follow your checks and balances. And once you get the license, it's just all about building your brand and, you know, remaining compliant with the laws that we have to follow. I got to tell you, I just recently heard from a financier, somebody who's acquiring companies and helping people go IPO and all this fun stuff. He gave me this ripping formula and I literally am going to say it on every single podcast because it's <laughs> so good. And it lends exactly to what you just said. A hundred locations within a hundred miles who are all doing a thousand dollars a month is your fastest way to get to a million dollar business. Now for cannabis companies and to make it relevant for the things you were just saying, um, you know, serving your local community, I would say that communities are underserved by their cannabis companies and, um, and hemp companies. I think that people are like so deeply involved with the grind that they forget that they have to honor the community that they're serving, or there has to be like a bigger purpose so that folks in their community feel like 
they're a part of something greater. I call it social responsibility. Like how are we supporting our, you know, our community in flourishing instead of just surviving, which a lot of communities are in survival mode um, and really looking for that cannabis cash flow to improve certain aspects of their business. Does Ohana have um, any sort of program or um, philanthropic efforts that you guys are consistently contributing to that your community is aware of or they can consistently see you involved with? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's honestly part of, this is a cool thing about, you know, being in such a regulated industry. It was actually part of the deal that we made with the state of California. Every cannabis company has to donate at least 1% of their annual revenue towards any type of charity or nonprofit type of organization or program within the community that they operate within, which is really cool because you're seeing, you know, the direct effect of, of the value that you bring to the community and that can come. And the cool thing is they kind of let us dictate where that goes as long as they give the green light. And on top of that too, I mean, we're, you know, whether it's doing like holiday food drives or things like that, there's always, there's no shortage of things that you, we can do to, to help the, the local communities. And it's honestly one of the more most rewarding parts of being in the industry is seeing, you know, because throughout the entire process of getting these licenses and, and working with the local government to show them that you're an upstanding business, you know, you build relationships with the policymakers and the people who are directly involved with the community. So being able to actually give back and see the, the fruits of that is, is really cool. What are you most proud of that you or your business has accomplished proud of yourself that your business or you have accomplished within your business? I really like that question. I'd, I'd say it being on the front lines of changing people's perspective on what cannabis is. Because over the last how many years, there's been so much propaganda and so many convoluted things that have been attributed to cannabis as a plant and the people that consume it. So you know, being a company that says, hey, that's not, you know, cannabis provides so much value in all of these different ways. And you could live a healthy lifestyle or improve your overall quality of life. And cannabis can be a huge part of that. And having people, especially in the older generation, come into our store, not knowing what to expect, kind of timid or, or almost afraid of what they may encounter. And then completely seeing that, like, not necessarily light bulb switch go off, but like, you can tell that you kind of like shift their perspective and their perception on what they thought cannabis was for so long and being on the drive, a driving force and that the change of perspective on that's the stigma that's associated with cannabis is my favorite part. Hands down, you know, being an operator, I work in marketing, but I'm an operator too. And seeing customers every single day with have that same exact reaction is one of the most rewarding things of, of being in the industry. And one of the things we're most proud of for sure. What is I like to do a segment called the words of wisdom. And this is our op opportunity as entrepreneurs in this space to sort of share and tell what we would say to ourselves if we were, you know, just getting started, knowing what we know <laughs> now. I think a lot of people are misled by the idea that like, because this is such a cash rich, you know, fast, gro fast growing industry with a ton of buzz in the, in the, ethers right now around what we're doing and how we're doing it. And it's the biggest conversation in the world right now. Right. I would love to hear from you. What are some words of, what are some words of wisdom that you can offer the budding entrepreneur 
or established business brand who is, you know, trying to break through the glass ceilings or brick walls that this industry might present? <laughs> Patience and persistence. I think that people see this industry as just a quick cash grab. And a lot of times those are the people that don't last very long. But being patient and building a brand the right way and building a business the right way without the expectation of just getting, jumping in, making all this money, then, you know, exiting. It doesn't operate like that. And there's a lot of people that are getting into this industry that have that mindset. But the ones that are focused on actually bringing value and building a brand the right way are the ones that are going to become the legacy brands, the, the Coca-Colas or, you know, the, the Nikes of the cannabis industry. Because while it is a unique industry, it still operates as a business like anything else. And a lot of people don't really see it that way because they see cannabis as this like chill thing that's just like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, the, you know, we see it in the people that apply with our company and we see it with some of the people that we do business with that they just think it's a cash grab or they think that working in the cannabis industry is super chill and you just smoke weed and sell it all day. And it's not like that. Um, I wish it was like that. <laughs> I do too, but you know what? For, for the people that it is like that, they're the ones that aren't going to be around as long. So, you know, there's an element of having fun and it's great being in the industry with such a great, you know, being exposed to so many great products. But in the end, there's a lot of work that has to be done. You know, we all have a lot of work. It's just not what everyone thinks it is. But short story long, patience. Patience is right. I, I was watching, this is like almost unrelated and then I'll give my words of wisdom. I was watching this like super funny thing on YouTube where this guy made this video about like the different stages of women. And you had like your, you know, your Barkley girl down here who was ugly like a dog, but she treats you like a king. <laughs> And then you had like your unicorn chick up here who was just like, she farts rose petals and like, you know, all this, she's this glamour girl. Like she's, you know, she's perfect, but bitch can't do shit. Right. <laughs> and there's like, there's, you got to find the sweet spot somewhere right in the middle to be able to function. And I'm using this as an analogy because there are these quote unquote underdog companies who maybe don't have all of the capital and all of the things that make them, you know, sexy, like overexposure and all of this stuff, like the med men of the world, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have all of these things, but they, but they have an excellent product, an incredible community around them. And they're working really hard to stay ahead of compliance. They're really involved. They're doing all of the other things right maybe they don't got the best location or maybe they don't got you know all of this other stuff but they're doing the right things right but then on the other side you got these unicorn people the people who are just like you know doing all the shit that you could ever want and think is like oh it makes them so great and all of the things you know what makes them meet in the middle what's that does not matter every single company that i talk to no matter how big or how small every single one of them are like, yeah, you know, we really got to do something about our cash, our cash flow. Mm -hmm. they still don't feel like they got the cash on hand to do the things that they want to do. And so my words of wisdom follow are as follows. Do not let the illusions become the truth that you're fighting against. The illusion mm -hmm. is that this industry is, you know, all sex and rock and roll and, you know, all the everything, everyone's a winner and it's all great. The reality of this industry is that when you rip off the eyelashes and comb out the weave, <laughs> then 
and you put some, you know, and you wipe off the lotion that's covering up the ashy elbows and like all of the things that make this look and feel so glamorous and you really look at it for what it is. It's a bunch of hard pressed people who have put everything that they have into it, starting with their passion and this like self-identifying purpose into building a profitable business with absolutely no landscape, no boundaries, no direction. And everyone's literally making it up as we go along, including our regulatory <laughs> agencies. That's right. The difference, the difference in the two companies though, in the two types of companies is vision and network. The people who have the vision can build a network of folks who will enroll in that vision and help you carry to the moon. They say, once you decide what and when the who and the how are going to show up, if you decide the what you want to be and the who you want to be, the who is going to help you and the how of what's going to make it possible is going to come together around you. If you are lacking vision and execution you are going to be left in the dust. Okay. <laughs> I love it. And I, like, I got to tell you this, your vision, your brand, how you express all of that stuff will enroll influencers who will want to be brand ambassadors for you. It'll get you past the gatekeepers when you're trying to get access to those other spots. It'll help you identify what your key differentiators are as you're building your brand inside of a, inside of a saturated market. Now, the other, the final thing that I'll say to you guys is always ask the question, what value can I bring? Not what value can I get? If you're coming to get a job, if you're coming to put your expertise to play, if you're coming to um, get involved with this game, please know that you are one of 500 million people who are trying to do the exact same thing. And you better come correct, have some respect you know, have some respect for the fact for yourself and ask the question, what value can I bring? What problem can I solve rather than, yeah, I'm going to come in here and get my highest paycheck ever. Like, man, everybody's looking to get paid. What skills do you have to bring to the table? What problems can you solve for me? How can you make my life easier as an entrepreneur in this space so that I can get back to doing the high level things that make it possible for me even to pay a schluck like you. So <laughs> I'm just keeping it 100. You know, everybody I love it. that like they email me and they're like, yo, can I get a job over here? And I'm like, cool. Yeah. What's your skill sets? I work at McDonald's like, man, unless you fixing me lunch every day that don't smell like dead horse. We ain't, I mean, we, we, where are you going to fit in here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Um, like I, you gotta, you gotta understand what your skill sets are and bring them in and pair it in and always ask the question, what value can I bring and be willing to work harder than you've ever worked in your life in order to reap the rewards that you've never earned in your life. That's how it's got to go down. Otherwise you're going to drown out like the rest of them. And guess what? At the end of the day, who's going to be left holding the buck is going to be Chuck. The unicorn is only going to take you so far being that pretty girl, like age and beauty go hand in hand. Eventually your age supersedes your beauty and there's going to have to be more meat on the table. The med men of the world, no, I like, no, not to be a hater or whatever. They're selling grass. It's a bunch of blown out hydro bullshit that they're not even producing. And they're just an outlet center center with a sexy brand. So as soon as your <laughs> job fails, we'll be here with our hardcore oil filled chronic <laughs> <laughs> that's right preach preach 
<laughs> just throwing it out there. I mean, I love the brand and everything. I like still have their packaging and stuff, but like I smoked their weed and I was just like, man, I might as well have just drank some fertilizer. You tried like, it the the state made? Yeah, I, I tried it out in Vegas. <sighs> I was disappointed. Spent all this yeah. money and didn't get no goddamn weed. I got some I got some fluff, but I didn't get no I mean it was sexy in the jar and they knew who I was. I'm like, oh, okay, well you give me since you know who I am, give me the stuff that'll put me, you know, in my dream. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. All bark, no, no bite. This is some fucking false pretending rapper ass weed like i don't want this shit i want the i want the heady stash where you guys where, <laughs> who's going in the basement for the real shit <laughs> hey you gotta go back to to humble to get to get that sometimes i know grass valley too man y'all ain't playing out there yeah shout out grass valley That's shout right. out grass valley i got my <laughs> my friends out there running some stick fertilizing companies and they got my dad runs actually like teepee ceremonies and sweat lodges out there great i yeah. i we probably know a lot of the same people. Yeah. Do you know a guy named Iricardo? No, I don't know Iricardo, but the the whole like the Native American churches, I got in I got involved in that scene when I moved out there because my my business partner, who his dad, who had a farm like right up the hill from us, mm-hmm. he was a shaman who held a lot of TP ceremonies for the for the church. So it's a that scene is a trip. Yeah, sure. so but you they, probably know like Chinoa and Alex Turtle and yeah. yeah, all those folks out there. So Alex, this is like totally off topic, but for those of you guys who are interested in like the Native American church and the things that I'm really up to, I go, so I grew up in the Native American church and Alex's family, the Turtle family, Billy and uh, Billy Ralph and Wayne and Nelson Turtle, Janelle and Craig, like they're my, that's who I was raised with folks so I definitely sing and pray in all those lost languages and um, it's a huge part of my life my dad still conducts those ceremonies up there and you know advocating for plant medicines in general is you know my definitely my my vibe and my passion that's great and purpose so love all of that what are some final words that you can share first of all where can folks find you if they want to come to your shop or find out more about what you guys are up to how can people get in touch with you yeah, for sure. So Ohana Cannabis, we're in Emeryville, which is right in between Oakland and Berkeley in the Bay Area, Powell Street exit. And then we're in Sacramento too. Um, just a simple Google search, find us on Weed Maps, order online. We got you. Love it. Are you guys delivering too? We do. Oh shit, I'm about to be one one right here when I come to the <laughs> <laughs> My dad's in Novato, so I'm definitely and and my husband will be out at the Cannabis Cup. Are you going out to the can to the Emerald Cup? Yeah, we'll be there. Got to. I mean, I got my roots in the outdoor scene, so gotta gotta celebrate the harvest at at the Emerald Cup, of course. Hell yeah, my my uh, husband will be there, so I'll make sure to have him connect with you direct, and maybe you can go do an interview live <laughs> and direct over there. At least taste some of the flavors of Ohana. And any final words before we end today's broadcast? Man, honestly, I keep thinking about something that you touched on when you were dropping knowledge a couple minutes ago about the vision. And it it brings you back to, do you know who Gary Vee is? Hell yeah. Okay, I figured. But his whole thing is head in the clouds, hands in the dirt. And the merge of those two things is where great things happen. You know, you got to have the vision, but then you also got to have the grit and the intestinal fortitude to actually execute and get it done. So last words, head in the clouds, hands in the dirt. 
Man, that's some good stuff right there, man. <laughs> that's, that's really good words of wisdom. Love that. And some final words. Hey, for those of you guys who are tuning in with us, thanks so much for being a part of this incredible community. As you know, it is our mission and our passion and purpose to empower you with the truth about cannabis and hemp CBD so that you can make educated decisions about how you want to care for yourself, people that you love, conditions you may be suffering from, or otherwise join this incredible, fast-moving purpose-driven, passion-driven community and industry. If you are an entrepreneur who is looking for support on how to get started or how to grow and thrive in this space, check us out at at theemeraldcircle.com. And if you are a person who is looking for products you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for some of our favorite products and brands and businesses that we love to work with. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is the Hemp Revolution podcast. Thanks so much, Andrew. Loved having you on. Yeah, thanks. No, I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. We'll see you on our next show, guys. Thanks for listening to another rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.